and I'll read the first five verses, and uh, then we'll preach accordingly. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I want to stop right there and say, I believe that. And I have no trouble believing that. Verse number 2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I have no trouble believing those first five verses of the Word of God. I believe all the Word of God. I believe it from Genesis to Revelation. It has been said that the most two attacked books of the Bible are the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation. Reason being is that the devil can get you messed up on where he come from and where he's headed to. You have no trouble you getting you messed up on everything in between. Now when we read these verses this morning, verse number 5, the last sentence of that verse says, And the evening and the morning were the first day. Now we know this in Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 11, that when God was giving the Ten Commandments through Moses, when He gets to that, that commandment that we know is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, here's what Exodus 20 verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. So that verse is teaching us that on the seventh day, the Lord, that God of heaven, He did not rest on the seventh day because He was tired, but rather He rested as an example to us, and also He was considering His work. Now that seventh day to the Jews would become the Sabbath day. And that Sabbath day, if you study out history, uh, not just biblical history, but religious history, and even... And even just history itself, that Sabbath day is Saturday. Sunday is not the Sabbath day, but rather Saturday is the Sabbath day. And so God rested on that day to give an example to the Jews and generations to come to observe that Sabbath day, that Saturday, as He rested from His labor. Now that tells me something. If the seventh day of creation was Saturday in Genesis chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible said the evening and the morning was the first day. So if the seventh day was Saturday, then have you ever thought about what was the first day in history? It was Sunday. For the first day of the week is Sunday. Today is the start of a new week. Jesus rose from the grave Sunday on the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day. So the first day of recorded history was a Sunday. Now, I tell you, Sunday is a day that has been attacked by the world. It used to be a day, some of you grew up in a time where on Sunday uh, they, would, they would close down the restaurants, they'd close up the stores, and it was a day that was set apart. It meant something. Even the people that did not go to church, there might be a gas station open, maybe a pharmacy open on Sunday, uh, but you weren't going to go down uh, to a restaurant, you weren't going to go to a, a grocery store and do your shopping. They respected that day. They set it aside. I mean, I mean but now, 
It don't even matter anymore. And, and I'm glad, I am glad there's some restaurants open on Sunday. I will say that. I do get hungry every once in a while. I only get hungry three times a day. Amen. But, uh, uh, but we understand that, that times have changed. But sadly, it's not the world that I have a problem with that, that makes light of Sunday. It's those who say they're saved by the grace of God that love the Lord, that try to live. They say they love God and they say they love the Word of God, but they do not respect Sunday, the Lord's day. Hey, Sunday's a special day. You realize that Sunday was a day of redemption. Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. And Mary's out by that tomb in John chapter number 20. And she sees the Lord Jesus and she runs. I believe she's going to fall at His feet like she normally did and, and, and worship Him. And Jesus told Mary, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Meaning that He had not yet applied the blood sacrifice on the mercy seat in heaven. So you know what day my sins got paid for? It was on a Sunday, amen. I'm glad on that day the blood was, it was applied, amen. And the blood was accepted, amen. And the blood is enough. Thank God what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not only is Sunday a day of redemption, but Sunday is a day of resurrection. For we know this, and we just don't celebrate this on Easter Sunday, but every Sunday we gather not to memorialize a dead Savior, but to rejoice in a risen Savior. Amen. He arose. Thank God He lives this morning. It was a day of resurrection. But then Sunday is a day of of responsibility. It is a day of responsibility. We are together on this day. You read us throughout the book of Acts and how the church, they gathered on the first day of the week. And that's when they would open up the Word of God and converse and study and preach the Word of God. We also know that 1 Corinthians teaches that on the first day of the week we are to bring our offering. That's what Paul said. And so over and over again, Sunday is a day of responsibility. We gather on on this day. We give on this day. But we ought to guard this day, man. We ought to guard it very carefully and not let things... I understand some people uh, with swing shift and things of that nature and mercy works, things of that nature that have to work on a Sunday every once in a while. Uh, but we ought to protect it from unnecessary things uh, that would take us out of the house of the Lord. I like football and baseball, amen. I enjoy all that. But I don't think they ought to play it on Sunday. Can I get an amen out of that? If you like watching a car make a left turn for three hours, that's fine. But why don't they do it on another day of the week instead of Sunday, man? It's not late day. It's not lazy day. It's not, it's not football day. It's not baseball day. It's not family reunion day. It's not sleep till noon day. It is the Lord's day, amen. And the first day of eternity was a Sunday. How about you? But that blesses me. That, that encourages me to know that God was already setting a precedence. The light started shining in Genesis 1. And it was dark in John chapter number 20 when Jesus was in that tomb. But thank God, on the first day of the week, the light came out of shining and the Lord resurrected again. Uh, so I want to preach on this thought this morning. The first Sunday... Did you know there were some things that happened on the first Sunday of eternity that we need to happen every Sunday? Did you know that? There's three or four things in this chapter, in these five verses. I'm going to give them to you quickly. Number one, there is the magnifying of the Savior. Watch verse number one. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We would cross-reference John chapter 1, verse number 1 as well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So on the first day, help me now, so on the first Sunday of history, on the first Sunday of eternity, there is only one standing that's getting any recognition. And it is the God of heaven. And the Lord Jesus Christ was there according to John chapter number 1. May I say this this morning, we did not come to this church to worship a preacher. Help me now. We didn't come to this church today to worship a choir. We didn't come today to worship one another. I love you. I'm glad you're here. I want you to come back tonight. I want to fellowship with you. But we didn't come here today for each other. We come here for one purpose. And that is to magnify the God of heaven. To glorify Jesus Christ. In this verse we see His existence. He's alive. In the beginning, God Now, what was before the beginning? God. Amen. He was before the beginning. I know we can't get our brains wrapped around that. But before there was a beginning, there was God. Amen. And when there was a beginning, there was God. And after there was a beginning, there was God. He's always been around. He's always existed. You read Genesis chapter number 1. He was there before the dark. Because in verse number 1, you find God. And in verse number 2 is when you find darkness. But God was there before the darkness. Amen. Darkness in the Bible represents sin. And aren't you glad God was around before the darkness? Hey, God was around uh, before the day, verse number 5. And the evening and the morning were the first day before there was ever a day in history. God was already here. But i got one better for you, honey. God was here before the devil. We don't find the devil in Genesis chapter number 3. But God has always been. He said, for I am the Lord, and I change not. Jesus Christ... The same yesterday and today and forever. Somebody said, where was God before Genesis 1? I don't know, but He was out there somewhere, amen, because He's always been God and He'll always be God. His existence in the beginning, He's alive. But then notice His establishment in the beginning, God. Not only His existence, He's alive, but His establishment, He's almighty. Now watching this verse, He didn't ask if He could be God. He didn't campaign to see if He could be God. There was not an election in this verse this morning to see whether or not God could be God. He's just God. Amen. And aren't you glad that He is God? There is there is one true God. And that is Jehovah. I know they don't teach this today, but I believe Genesis 1-1 with all my heart. In the beginning, His existence. God, His establishment. But then notice His expertise. What He He created the heaven and the earth. That verse says that we see His existence. He's alive. His establishment. He's almighty. But His expertise, He is able. He created the heaven and the earth. I tell you, I believe every word of that this morning. I don't believe in evolution this morning. I don't believe in a big bang. I don't believe that that, that something was flying out there and ran into nothing. And when it ran into nothing, something happened and it blew up and boom. 
boom, here we are. It takes more faith to be an evolutionist than it does to be a Christian. Amen. But I believe that God stepped out on nothing because there was nothing for Him to stand on. And He spoke where there was nothing. And He reached where there was nothing. And there was nothing to catch. He caught something. And He flung it off His fingers and hung the stars in their sockets. And they're still shining today. And He took His finger and He and He formed man and the and the image of God. And He made the heavens and the earth. And He has, and He made all of that. Honey, I'm thankful that God created the heaven and the earth. Preacher, what does that have to do with Sunday? I'm going to tell you what that has to do with Sunday. On that first day of history, on that first day of eternity, when God made everything, when God made the heaven and the earth, there was no preacher getting any praise. There was no singer getting any praise. There was no church member getting any praise. There was no politician getting any praise. Oh, but it was God standing all by Himself in the existence of His power, in the expertise of His performance. I'm glad I believe that this morning. You know why we come to church today? To lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our song. He's worthy of our testimony. And on this Sunday, I want to admonish you to magnify the Savior. Secondly, not only on the first Sunday was there the magnifying of the Savior, but look at verse number 2. There was the moving of the Spirit. The Bible said, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But watch it now. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now notice two things in this verse quickly. Notice the condition of the world. The Bible said that it was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. That phrase, without form, means confusion, emptiness, nothing. The word void means an empty waste. And the word dark indicates obscurity. So we could say this this morning. On the first Sunday in history, there was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of confusion. And there were a lot of bad things uh, that we could see without void, emptiness, and nothing. You gappers, stay away from me, alright? Uh, there was a lot of nothingness going on and a lot of confusion going on in this verse. If things were bad in the world, would you not agree with that? But notice the, the comforter at work. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. I tell you, when things were empty, when things were nothing, when things were dark, that did not hinder the Spirit of God from moving and doing His work. Well, preacher, things are bad this Sunday. Haven't you seen the news? Well, I actually haven't. I don't watch the news. I watch ESPN news. Somebody say amen right there. And, and But have you seen what's going on? I'm talking about balloons and missiles and, and all these things and the economy and all that. Oh, things are looking bad on this Sunday morning. All things may be bad in the world, but this ain't the first Sunday things were looking bad. And it did not hinder the Spirit of God from moving. Hey, I know things may look bad today. I know things may still look rough today. But aren't you glad the Spirit of God is still at work? He's still convicting sinners. Amen. He's still conveying the Scriptures. Amen. He is still comforting the saints. I'm glad the Spirit of God does His work through the Scriptures in the life of the believer. We notice on this first Sunday that there was the magnifying of the Savior. And the moving of the Spirit. But then notice there's a third thing 
By the way, that's when we say the moving of the Spirit, we don't worship the Holy Spirit this morning. He will not speak of himself. John 16 teaches us. He is the one, he is the paraclete. He is the comforter. He's the one that lives on the inside of us. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are God's. Preacher, things look bad in the world. What are we going to do? Aren't you glad that he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee? Things may be bad, but the spirit's still moving. There is the magnifying of the Savior, the moving of the Spirit. Here's a third thing that was going on on the first Sunday that we need to happen today. There is a message of the Scriptures. Look at verse number 3, please. Look at the first three words. And God said. Now, anything God says is Scripture. Can I prove that to you? In the book of James, it says... Let me read it to you. I want to pray. You ain't got to turn. I'll read it to you quickly because I want to make a point to you. This will kind of go along with what we dealt with in Sunday school. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 4, and verse number, verse, let's see here, that's chapter 5. Verse number 4 and verse number 5, chapter 4, verse 5. Here's what James says. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lesteth to envy? Did you know that phrase, the Spirit that dwelleth in us that lesteth to envy, is not in your Bible? But James says, the Scripture saith that the Spirit that dwelleth in us lesseth the envy. So somebody said, Preacher, there's an error in the Bible. No, that's not an error in the Bible because anything that God speaks is Scripture. It is holy. It is set apart. And, and there's several other illustrations of that through the Word of God. So that leads me to say this. If God was speaking on the first Sunday, then we should make sure that He speaks this Sunday. Amen. And the way God speaks and this present dispensation is through the Word of God. Amen. Notice this morning, it was a divine Word. And God. Watch it now. On the first Sunday of eternity, God had something to say. And I promise you this this morning, on this Sunday, the last Sunday in February, here in 2023, God has something to say out of His Word. It was a divine Word. But then it was a declared word. And God said means it was declared. I'm talking about in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the obscurity, in the middle of the confusion, the chaos. God's Word began to speak. And God's Word is what made the difference this first Sunday. And by the way, God's Word will still make the difference today. Here's what Paul told the young Timothy, uh, young preacher Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter number 4. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will after their own lust they shall heap themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Why, Paul said, Timothy, you better preach the word, because there's coming a day when, when they're not going to want to hear it. They'd to hear a lie than hear the truth. Hey, we're living in that world today. People would rather be lied to than have the truth told to them. All about the grace of God. This church is going to be 
going to be a lighthouse of truth. Not because I'm the pastor, but because this is the final authority. The Word of God. And by God's grace, every Sunday, every Wednesday, and every other time we have service, I want to make sure that God says what He won't said out of His Word. I'm not against telling illustrations to prove a point. I do that from time to time. But I'm going to tell you, this is where the power is at. The power is in the Word of God. And if God was speaking on the first Sunday, I'm sure He wants to speak this Sunday. Here's the fourth thing. I'm almost done. The first Sunday, there was the magnifying of the Savior, the moving of the Spirit, the message of the Scriptures. But watch this. On the first Sunday, there was a miracle of salvation. There's a type in here of salvation. Notice in verse number 3. And God said, let there be light. Notice there is the darkness. The Bible said in verse 2 that darkness was upon the face of the deep. I mentioned this a moment ago. Oh, but darkness in the Word of God is a type of sin. The Bible said in John 3.19, and this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world and that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Second Corinthians 4.4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, is shining them. Hey, this morning sinners are in darkness. Sinners are blind. They're living in the darkness of sin and the darkness of this world. But notice only the darkness. Notice the declaration. God said, let there be light. You know what brought light to that dark place? It was the Word of God. You know what's going to bring light to a sinner who is in darkness? You know what's going to bring light to a sinner who is dead? Life to a sinner who is dead in his trespasses and sin, I'm going to tell you the same thing that got Lazarus out of the grave. It was the Word of God. Amen. Then there's the difference. The darkness, the declaration, but the difference. Watch what he said. Let there be light. Here's the difference. And there was light. Hey, when God's light begins to shine, there's a difference. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. And there's a delight in verse number 4. And God saw the light, that it was good. Now we understand that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And God said when He saw the light, He saw it was good. Now God was not creating light. He said, let there be light. means let it shine. So He's always been there. But that light began to shine. And God looked at that light and said, it's good. By the way, that wasn't the last time he said he was good. For there in Matthew chapter number 3, when John's baptizing by the river Jordan, and he brought Jesus up out of that muddy waters, God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You know when that salvation happened? It happened on, the, on that difference. happened when the light began to shine in the darkness. It happened on Sunday. Now, can I say this this morning? Sunday's not the only day to get saved. The Bible said, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. But I know a lot of people got saved on Sunday. How many of you got saved on Sunday? Hold your hand up. A lot of people got saved on Sunday. I got saved on Wednesday, so don't feel bad if you didn't get saved on Sunday. That's as long as you know you're saved, that you've been born again, that you have a personal... I'm not talking about that you joined a church. Salvation ain't joining the church. Salvation ain't being dunked in the baptistry. Salvation ain't being a better person or, or turning over a new leaf. But salvation is believing the gospel. What is the gospel? It is the fact that Jesus died, that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day. 
today. I'm not saved this morning because I'm a preacher. I'm not saved this morning because I'm an American. I'm not saved this morning because of the complexion of my skin. I'm going to tell you why I know I'm saved this morning. Because I believe and I put my faith and my trust in the fact that Jesus died for my sins. That He was buried. Especially preacher, why is it such a big deal that He was buried? Because the only people to get buried are dead people. He died. He literally died. Oh, but He didn't stay dead. From resurrection morning, the stone rolled away and the rock of ages walked out. This is my hope. This is my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I am clean to the message of the Gospel. And that all started on Sunday. Give this last one and I'm done. The magnifying of the Savior. The moving of the Spirit. The message of the Scriptures. The miracle of salvation. I'm going to tell you what else happened the first Sunday. There was a mark of separation. Verse number 4. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now notice the who of this separation. God did it. God separated light from darkness. Notice the when of this separation. When did He separate light from darkness? After the light began to shine. You know, there's a lot of people that treat that, that think that the way they get saved is by cleaning their life up. I'm going to quit doing this. I'm going to quit doing that. I'm going to quit watching that. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit doing whatever it is. They mentioned all these things they're going to quit doing. What they're doing, they're getting the cart before the horse. God did not separate the light from the darkness till the light began to shine. The who, the, the when. But notice the why of separation. God wanted there to be a difference between darkness and light. And throughout the Word of God, there is a precedence, a principle taught that, 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 that the darkness represents the evil and that light represents the good. Here's what Paul said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? Hey, I'll say this this morning. You know what ought to happen on Sunday? We ought to get closer to the light. Well, allow God to divide us from the darkness and get closer to the light. Here's what John said, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. But you know how you enjoy that blessing? By walking in the light. You know, all these things happen on creation day, which was Sunday. In closing this morning, what God did on this first Sunday was evident. Here's what I mean. What God done that Sunday, if you read on in chapter number 1, and the evening of the morning was the second day, and the evening of the morning was the third day. You know what God done on that first day was evident on Monday? God said, let there be light. There was light. Monday came around, the light was still shining, and the light was still divided from the darkness. You know what we're good at? We're good at coming in on Sunday and, be, and, and, and coming in and singing, Oh, how I love Jesus, and saying amen to the preacher. And we go out on Monday and we're not any different than what we was on Sunday. What God done on that first Sunday was evident. What God done on that first Sunday was effective. Changes were made that first Sunday. And what God done on that first Sunday was eternal. There's still light. It's still divided from darkness. The, the darkness is nighttime. The daylight is daytime. There's still a difference. I tell you what, God done that first Sunday is what we need to God, God to do this Sunday. 
I'll tell you, I'm glad that God put a precedence on the first day of eternity that He is God, that He is still moving, that He will cause light to shine in the darkness. And may God help us to live different on Monday because of what God did on Sunday. I appreciate your attention. Let's stand together, heads bowed and our eyes closed. The first Sunday, Brother Matthew's going to come play just a verse of invitation. We'll have.